So Money episode 172, Natalie Jill. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Hey everyone, welcome to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Today, get this, I'm chatting with someone who went from $1.4 million in debt to running a seven-figure business in just a span of a few years. Natalie Jill, founder of Natalie Jill Fitness, a site that promotes health, happiness, and of course, fitness, uh, is here. She's here to break it all down and tell us exactly what happened, how she did it, how she is the woman that she is today. After losing her house, her retirement, and ending her marriage, Natalie gained a lot of weight, but she turned it all around, got her life back, and is now an inspiration for others to do the same. She left a successful career in corporate America to follow her passion in health and fitness and to help others. As a licensed master sports nutritionist, a functional fitness trainer, Natalie has used the internet and social media in a short amount of time to reach people across the world to help them get in shape and be their best selves. And in the process, she has created a globally recognized brand with over a million social media followers, and her online business has generated over seven figures of revenue. But Natalie isn't just a fitness guru. She has increasingly been garnering attention for her ability to help others create, define, and monetize their brand in the online space. And so in this episode, the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to get a crash course in branding, a crash course in rebuilding your life after hitting rock bottom. Natalie talks about how adding, not subtracting from life made her richer and happier and the specific additional steps she took to reach success and fulfillment. Her financial breakthrough that happened while pumping gas and having her credit card declined and her weekend project that went on to create over a million dollars in revenue. This took her two days to create. Very, very impressed. Here is Natalie Jill. Natalie Jill, welcome to So Money. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I need more women like you on So Money to inspire me and all of our listeners. So thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thank you for having me. You've had quite the journey, uh, Ms. Jill. Uh, you know, I'm just looking at your bio, learning about you through our mutual friend. And, you know, as I mentioned in the introduction, you've lo- you lost your house, um, your retirement, you ended your marriage, you gained a lot of weight. A lot of people would have just, you know, gone down that, re- you know, that depression rabbit hole. Um, how did you find the emotional willpower to just say, you know what, I am better than this. I can do better than this. I will see the other side of this. What was that moment? Because it wasn't just a moment or were there moments? You know, it's such, it's, first I want to say, I'm just like everybody else. So I'm not some superhero that just, you know, doesn't deal with depression or rock bottom or bad situations. I found myself really falling down, as you called it, the rabbit hole. Um, 
it, for about a year, it was gradually declining. And it was really weird because it was a time in my life where I was supposed to be by everybody else's measures, super happy. <laughs> I had this great job. I had this, what looked like this really nice house and happy marriage, the two dogs, the picket fence, the whole, you know, nine yards. And I'm, and I'm pregnant with my first daughter and I'd always wanted a baby. So from the outside, um, looking in, people thought I was very happy. And I was conflicted because I thought I should be. I thought, what's wrong with me? I have everything I thought I wanted. Um, but I was being torn up inside because there was a lot of secrets um, people did not know about me because I was in that world that so many get caught up in of trying to be that perfect person. You know, you don't want to let people know you you don't have it together. Um, and, and what I mean by that is I had a lot of financial stress going on. We had definitely fallen into the biting off way more than we could have chewed. Um, I was in a, an unhappy marriage. Um, we were both unhappy, um, fighting all the time. You know, you add the pregnancy hormones on top of it. <laughs> um, I was not motivated with my, my job all of a sudden. It just started, I, I started feeling trapped that I had this life everyone else wanted me to live and I wasn't happy. So it started there. Um, and then what happened was I, during my pregnancy, obviously turning to, to comfort foods, gaining a lot of weight, um, not doing my regular workout stuff, which is all normal stuff when you're pregnant. A lot of people say, well, I went through that too, but I started to become this person I didn't recognize. Um, just more of a lazy, I describe it just depressed didn't want to get out of bed, just wanted to eat all the time. Comfort food, didn't want to move, um, fighting with my husband at the time. So when my daughter was born, we, everything just kind of came crashing down. Uh, when we filed for divorce, um, we didn't have a choice. We had to, it was just not going to be a healthy environment to stay married, um, for my daughter. And we both agreed on that. And we, I had never experienced in my life this financial stress. And when I say financial stress, I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, but you had the house, the cars, whatever. You know, what people don't realize is if if you do bite off more than you can chew, and a lot of people do that, you can start suff getting suffocated by that. And I remember not being able to pay my mortgage and feeling that full pressure of being house poor and having these bills come in and, and stressing out that if, oh my gosh, if I pay this bill, I'm not going to know how, how am I going to buy food or put gas in my car? Um, how will I get help with my daughter? How will I, um, how will I buy diapers if I pay for my mortgage right now? It was, it was that weird place I had never thought I would be. And I had to make a very rough decision um, to one, take a voluntary job demotion because I was traveling so much. And I thought, if I'm going to be a single mom, I can't be jumping on a plane constantly. And that hurt me more financially. And then the housing market crashed and I couldn't sell my house because I thought oh, I'll sell it and go someplace smaller. It wouldn't, would, couldn't sell it. So I had to make a decision to stop paying my mortgage. And it was really scary. Um, but I, I did it. I had to. And what I <laughs> didn't realize at the time is you can have perfect credit your whole life. You can never be late on a bill. You miss a big mortgage payment. Your mm -hmm. everything's going to start falling apart. Yeah. So I, I remember going to the gas station and putting my credit card in and it was declined. Mm -hmm. And that was a my first sense of, uh, oh my gosh, I, I'm actually going to be powerless right now. I, I didn't pay my bills and now I don't have credit and what am I going to do? That was that the first um, thought of I'm in, I'm in deep problems right now. And um, there was, you asked about moments. There was another moment I was walking my 
daughter and my dogs, she's in the stroller and I'm walking and, and I'm crying as I'm walking, thinking, my gosh, anyone who sees me would think I'm having this perfect life right now. And I'm just not. And I caught my, a glimpse of myself in one of those windows that you, it looks like a mirror that mm-hmm. you see your reflection. And I just didn't recognize who I was. I was really overweight all of a sudden. And I, had things hanging on me that I didn't think belong there. And I, I looked old and haggard and I just, I didn't recognize who I was. And, and that's when I got home and put my daughter down for a nap and had one of those ugly cries mm. and just thought, I don't really know who I am right now. <laughs> like I used to be this person striving to be perfection. And, you know, I was so self-righteous about it all and thought, gosh, everybody should have, you know, the happy marriage and the the perfect house and the nice car and be, look like this. And all of a sudden it was like, what, what was all that for? Um, who am I? And I don't have any friends to talk to about this. And this is, this is bad. Um, and that was my, that was my rock bottom. <laughs> you moment. Rock I remember bottom. so clearly. And, um, when you said, what did you do to pull yourself out? Well, what I did was this was a, this was it was spiraling downhill for about a year, but there was about a three month of this is really bad. And I didn't even want to be here. I just, but I had a daughter and I, that was what was keeping me getting up in the days. Um, that was all I cared about was my daughter. And I remember thinking in my, that rock bottom moment that day, um, what did I used to tell people in corporate when I was the sales leader and the, you know, motivating people and how did I get people fired up each day and to think about going after goals? And I thought, you know, I used to tell them, uh, talk about writing out goals and making a vision board, but I'd ever, never actually done it myself. And I, I just started thinking about that. And I said, I'm going to just do what I used to tell people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did. I, I sat down, I wrote out, I remember I picked uh, short-term, long-term and fantasy. And I started with fantasy and I said, if I could have like this new perfect life, what would it be? And I just wrote out crazy things, things that I thought would be impossible, but I didn't care. I just, what, what would that be? What would it look like? And then I went from well, that What point was on to, the list? What was on the fantasy list? I had, like, I would be doing, I would love the way that I looked um, so much so that I would, you know, be a fitness model. I thought that's really random. You know, I'm here, I was in my late 30s and completely out of shape. And I thought that would be fantasy. You know, I, I would look, love the way I look and I could be a fitness model on a cover magazine. I just thought that would be cool. And I could have a house that I could afford and not be stressed about where I can look at the ocean every day. I thought that was one of the things. And then I thought I could be in a really happy relationship again. And th- this person would love my daughter. Um, and then I said, I would want, a, I would want to know that I made a million dollars that I made on my own. That is not, um, you know, not, something I had to do for somebody else. It was something I created and did. That was a fantasy, a million dollars. And that I would have no debt. And I listed things like that. Um, and I put lot pictures of happy couples, you know, happy mom and daughter, this ocean view. I put a million dollar picture and I still have this vision board picture. I still have the vision board. Um, I wrote all this on the goals and then I started making a vision board. I said, okay, let me, if I can't, if I'm not living this right now, I need to look at it every day. So, and I want to know it's possible. So I started tearing out of magazines, all of these little images and made a vision board. And I, and I put that up um, on my wall so I could see it every single day. Then and that's what, how I started. And then what were the steps that you took? So I get the vision board. I'm a big fan of visualization. Mm-hmm. It's a huge uh, way to motivate yourself and keep you focused. But mm-hmm. then what, were the, what was the first thing that you actually did that moved the needle in a material way? Sure. What moved the needle was I, when I wrote down those goals, I started with the fantasy and made the vision board, but then I made long-term and I said, okay, if these were going to be a possibility, what would have to happen in the next year? 
started, that was my long-term, what would need to happen in the next year? And I listed things like, um, I didn't say how I would do it, but I just listed, well, I'd have to get in shape when <laughs> that was first. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to somehow, um, find an affordable house. You know, I just started listing like what would have to happen. Um, I'd have to, I listed that. And then I broke it down to day to day and I tried to um, detach myself from the long term and fantasy with that point. I said, if I were going to just do three things every day, um, three things that would move me in the direction of those things, what would they be? I just wanted to list like a list of like 30 things I could do that if I pulled three of those every day, it would get me towards the goal. And I, I wrote things like I would, I, I, they were very, very, um, they were specific, but they were not too specific that they wouldn't happen. I said things like, I'm going to drink more water. Hmm. Um, I'm going to move my body every day. Um, I wrote things like I'm going to, I didn't say anything I wouldn't do. I didn't say things like I'm not going to eat sugar or fat. I said things like what I was going to add, like I'm going to eat, you know, seven fruits and vegetables every day. (laughs) I'm going to read every day a little bit more about the best nutrition. I added all these little things that I could add every day. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wake up and actually get dressed, not just be in my pajamas all day. (laughs) You know, I just listed things like that. I love that. That's so liberating. I mean, okay, let's stop for a second because uh I think a lot of times when we try to renew ourselves and lose weight or or save money, we're like, what can I reduce? What can I take away? What can I deprive myself of? My gosh, this is so much more liberating. No, I always say, and I know others have said it, it's not original to me, but I I always want to secretly cheer when I hear it on a podcast or a TV show when someone says, you know, think addition, not traction because that's exactly what I did. It was like, what can I add? Because taking away is so negative. <laughs> that whole deprivation thing. Um, I mean, that's what got me to my rock bottom. Like I can't have this. I can't have that. You know, it was, and it was, what can I add? There's so much good things you can add to your life that just, you know, you add, the more you add of the good, the less room there is for the bad. Yes. And yeah. so fast forward, Natalie mm-hmm. Jill empire. Mm-hmm. Um, what, aren't you doing today? It seems like you've added so much so to your funny. life. Yeah. So, so what happened was, and this is, this won't be a long story, it's, it, but it, it explains what happened was I had, I didn't have any friends when I was going through this. I really felt like I had a fake group of friends. It was, you know, this pretend person I was being that I had made friends and I, and I felt very alone and didn't have anyone to talk to. And I was lonely going through this. And I, when I started deciding I was going to start eating healthier, move more, I was going to go for this, you know, being super fit. My, Anyone I told that to just sort of shunned me um, and it made me feel bad. So I decided to not tell them anymore. So I just, I started online. Um, I went on Facebook and I was newer to the Facebook world. Um, It was still new. And I had maybe 300 friends from high school and whatever. And I started posting my food. Um, I would take a picture with my Blackberry at the time of what I was eating and post it. And I'd say, you know, what I'm eating or what's for lunch and what are you guys having? And I was looking for other people that might be interested in that too. And I wasn't trying to sell anything. I wasn't trying to create anything. I was just sharing. And what happened was people loved the authentic side of me. They loved the food I was sharing. They loved my my realness. And they started connecting with me and more people started finding me. So if I posted a really great lunch picture, for instance, and a friend from, a, you know, an acquaintance commented and then their friends saw it, people, it started um, spiraling into people more and more people interested in what I was doing gravitating towards me. And it got started really growing and people started really asking about these recipes. And 
that's when the true personality of me, you know, people always say, oh, you're such a true salesperson. And I don't look at that as a bad thing because I think a good salesperson is someone who's a solution finder to problems Mm -hmm. and helps bring together um, others. And that is who I am. And what happened was I started meeting a lot of women going through what I was going through, um, maybe not as extreme, but they were interested in my recipes. And they said, why don't you make a recipe book? And I thought, I don't want to make a recipe book. You know, and somebody said, well, do an ebook. Okay. So I Googled ebook and I made with a PDF, uh, my little ugly Blackberry pictures. And I asked people what I should charge for it. And they said $12. And I did, I just literally did it through Facebook and my PayPal. (laughs) It was easy, you know, so I'd make a few, you know, an extra 60 bucks a day on my recipe book. And then people said, Hey, how do you put this together? Cause you're looking really good in some of your, your pictures. Like, how did you, how did you, put these recipes together to lose weight. So I sat down another weekend and I wrote what's now my seven day jumpstart. And I wrote about what I did, starting with what I told you, the vision board, the goals, um, the kind of foods I ate. And I wrote this on a PDF um, in a weekend, which it's been since really overhauled and, and a better job of it. But people bought it. They, it. And it took off. And it didn't take off because I was trying to push it or sell it. It took off because I was sharing. People were asking. And people were telling me about their successes. And I was sharing those. And that's really what started Natalie Jill Fitness. And how long did it take before you, until you felt as though you had come out on, out of the other, on, on the other side of things. Sure. I started as soon as the, I started connecting on Facebook and sharing the recipes. Um, I didn't feel financially secure yet at all. I didn't even think this would be a business, but I started feeling more confident that, wow, you know, I started feeling good. I had a purpose every day and I, I felt like I could start going for some of these goals and, you know, being that fitness model was one of them. And I, and I thought I'm going to do that. I'm going to be on three covers this year. And people thought that was crazy. And I, I just was going to do it. And I did it. And when that happened, I thought I could, I could really accomplish any goal. And I believe what I've told people now, you can accomplish any goal you go after if you believe you can, and you decide you will. And I came to a crossroad, um, probably about six months into this where I felt like I was still working for corporate. Um, but I felt like I wanted to be on Facebook all day, you know, mm-hmm. and most people say that's bad, but I felt this calling, like I want to create a new, more blogs and information and share on Facebook. And I want to talk to these people and I don't really know why, but I just, I don't really care about my job anymore. Mm-hmm. And obviously that caught up with me and my company said, you know, Hey, what's going on here? You know, I saw you on a magazine cover, you know, you're on Facebook. Like what, what do you want to do here? <laughs> and that's when I had to make that leap. And I said, you know what? I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to make it work. I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to find a way to do something with nutrition and fitness and do this online. And And, and I did. I didn't know how. I just did. Uh, Yeah. Talk about, you know, a crash course in branding. Um, But I also feel as though social media has really almost maxed out a little bit. I mean, right now, what does it mean when you have a million Twitter followers? I mean, that's more than what I have, but I would love to have a million Twitter followers. But it's like, at some point, you just feel like you're collecting followers. And unless you're really engaged, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And it's funny. I, I actually do not have a million Twitter followers. At all. I do have a, a million Facebook ones almost. But but I will say people get so caught up on that number and it's not about the number at all. It's about having real people. So um, I built my business with a few hundred people on Facebook. That's how it started. And it's now been, it's almost a million there now, which is great. But that 
didn't stem from me just going after followers. So you want real people and connecting. And I, and I always, when I talk about branding to people, I say, what, when you're trying to build your brand, you got to think about who your audience you're trying to reach is, who are you trying to help and what solution do you have for them? And you got to talk to them. So I knew I wanted other women, especially I'll, I'll help men too, but I wanted, I knew I was going to connect with women in similar situations to what I went through. And I picked sort of an age group and I can visualize in my head what they look like, where they're living, what they're doing. And I picture how I was at that time. And I'm talking to them and every single, single thing I share or post or talk about, I I think, is this something that that's going to make them feel encouraged or is it going to draw hate? Because you can scroll through social media and see all kinds of fitness people in thongs and showing off their body and their selfie with their, you know, fake tans and whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with a fake tan, whatever, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but you know, you can, and, and it draws hate. And then these girls say, gosh, there's so many haters. And why are people so mean to me? Well, of course, because if you think of that woman that's totally depressed and can't even look at herself in the mirror, and she's now scrolling Facebook and sees you in a thong, mm-hmm. you know, in her face, right. she hates you. Um, but if you can, if you think about how do I make people feel that are reading and looking at my stuff, that's what, that's how you grow your brand. Right. And whether it's fitness or business or anything, you just have to be real and you want to help people, not put them down. And you can't please everyone. So don't try no. to please everyone. Try no. to, as you say, really find your, your niche, your avatar, your target audience. And sometimes that's just a reflection of who you are. Think about what would you want to see out there? Um, and, and what is authentic to you and really, and emulate that. I'd love to transition now, Natalie, to some so money questions. We spent a lot sure. of good, I, I really want to spend, dedicate a lot of time to your story because I think it's so inspiring. Um, and we, I haven't left ours with much time to talk about money, but, <laughs> um, but I'm going to try to squeeze it all in. What's your, okay. what's your financial mantra? As now you've been through a lot of financial turmoil. You've uh, resurrected your financial life. What is now your, yeah. you know, one that you would scream from the mountaintop? Okay. I full heartedly believe that scarcity mindset breeds more scarcity. So I realize now when I was in my negative, um, falling down that rabbit hole, I kept thinking about how I had nothing. I have nothing. There's just more debt. I can't pay these bills. I, this is awful. I can't afford this. And it just kept bringing on more and more and more debt and problems. When you start believing that like you are worth things and that um, you are going to find a way and you get rid of that scarcity mindset, things start to change. Because it's amazing how when you really start to believe that you're worth things and that you know you're going to find a way versus going, I don't have, um, it changes everything. It's true. That scarcity mindset, man, it can really set you back. It's, uh, I've had quite a few guests who have suffered with that and struggled with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really about thinking about how the world is abundant. How about that? Yes. And, you know, it, it could be in little in little ways, too, because I, I, I get that question. You know, people say, well, gosh, but I have nothing. I feel I'm so down. How do I even get past it? And it's so hard um, to give them like this black and white quick answer. But I, I do believe and I'm certainly not a psychologist, but it does start with getting some self-confidence in yourself and believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone everyone needs not only someone else to believe in them, but they need to believe um, in themselves and feel that they're worth it first. And um, it's 
it's really an amazing transition. Like, you know, I, give the, I love giving my first class example. I'm going to share this, which hope some people might relate. Some might not. <laughs> some might want to shoot me on this. But think about, you know, you're traveling and you are completely flustered. And, you know, think of that day like you're traveling and you're late and you're rushing and you're sweating and the plane's hot and you're hungry and you're like just really rushed and frazzled. And then you have to get on a five hour flight and you're all squeezed in and you're miserable and you can't get any work done. And you can't read because there's babies crying and you're hungry and there's no food. You that whole how miserable you feel for those five hours. Everyone's had that day, right? Yes. Where, but maybe if you had flown first class and paid a little bit more, yeah. <laughs> how you could have boarded early. They had food service. You have space. It's quiet. You know, you have your own bathroom. There's no noise. Like you probably get so much work done in those five hours if you needed to get done work. So that's a that's an, maybe an extreme example, but I, that's my first class example I like to share. Like, at what point do you choose to spend money or not spend money? Because you have to think about what you're going to accomplish in that comfort time or when you're happy or feeling better. And to me, it's worth it on on things. So, and I look at that for everything. Like, yeah, is it, do I throw away money or waste it on things? Absolutely not. But I have to look at what's my time worth and what am I going to get in. Com- accomplishing this time and is saving or not spending or not finding a way worth my sanity over the next five hours. Right. That, no, I totally I get it. Spending more time, sorry, spending more money can translate into more time. And it's really though, you have to make sure that you're maximizing that time. Some people would just sleep and maybe that's yes. what they need. <laughs> hey, maybe that you maybe and I'm a new, I'm a new mom. So sleep's like yeah. sacred in my, in our house, but, but maybe that would be worth it to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So yeah. really taking advantage of the benefits that come with spending a little bit more money. I love that. When you were growing up, what was your perspective on money? What what would you say is like one of your earlier money memories uh, that has now as an adult stayed with you? Well, my dad always told me we didn't have any money. It was always, we don't have any money. We don't have any money. (laughs) It was was a constant line. We don't have any money. We had this big house and nothing else just because he just always said we had no money. And um, I've always had that in my head. And I think that's where I was sort of working towards having no money because that's what I was always told I had. Um, and then I had to work to shift that when I hit my bottom and became my real self um, and started doing what I wanted to do and just being real. And that's when it started to shift. Mm. But, you know, I think everybody does have that. There's something that happened when they were younger or they were told or they believed. And it's it's a challenge to 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 fix that. And I, I'm not again. I mean, I'm, I'm all for therapy and whatever means it is for self-improvement to get past that and believe that you're worth it. Right on. Okay, we have gone through some of your failures. And so I won't mm-hmm. spend so much time, you know, on that because I want to now get to success. What is your number one money success of a so money moment? Um, was it maybe uh, realizing that you had made seven figures in a year or that it was that you were able mm-hmm. to maintain the house that you were living in? What was it? So there, there was, there's two, two things. Um, the first big milestone was when I realized my seven day jumpstart that I wrote in a weekend that no one thought I would do, could do made it. I realized it made a million dollars. That was huge for me. I mean, that was like, that was just, just a huge milestone. I felt like I could conquer the world when that happened. It was like, if I wrote this in a weekend and I made a million dollars on it without paying for advertising or marketing or doing anything trickier, you know, just talking to people. What did you sell it for? How much was it? $37. And you sold it just on your website and through Facebook? I sold it through Facebook and on my website and I, it made a million dollars in downloads. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it's since right been redone on. and we've added more products and we all kinds of things have, have evolved from that. But, and not only did it make a million dollars, it helped 
hundreds of thousands of people, you know, right. I, I, I just, from me and I, that made me feel, and I changed other people's lives. It was crazy. You know, it, it's tens of thousands that I sold, but just those people influencing others and it, how it spiraled. And it's just, it's just amazing. So that was, that was huge. I um, mean, the next thing is my, my now husband. Um, um, this is, this is funny. He came from that scarcity mindset um, and he's very smart. And when I met him, he was an entrepreneur that had not been successful at many things. And he's so talented and smart. And what was amazing to me is watching how he would hear me and how his attitude started changing. And when I, when we booked a trip, um, to Hawaii, he had never been to Hawaii, um, his whole life. And he's, he's 39 now. And he booked a trip, um, you know, for a week at four seasons and didn't glimpse once about the money and booked one of those crazy cabanas just because we could do it. And he was so proud that day and he felt like he was worth it. That was huge to me because I saw, oh my gosh, like I, this works, you know, this Mm -hmm. mindset shift works and, you know, him believing in me and me believing in him, like we did this. That's great. And you can celebrate. Yeah. And it's great. And we're, we're not frivolous. We just, we do, we live in a small house. We do, but we like to enjoy. And if we want to treat ourselves because we think we're worth it, sometimes we do. Uh, yeah. You make a million dollars from a (laughs) weekend idea. I think you deserve a cabana. Yeah. I'd say, uh, what's your number? I, I can tell you're, uh, you're very good at keeping, good habits. You had to in order to Thank really you. become who you are today from mm-hmm. your, um, from your, you know, your pitfalls and in, in, from your marriage and, and losing the house almost and retirement savings depleted. However, what would you say now that you've gone through all these experiences that there's maybe one habit, a financial habit that has carried you through it to make sure that you, you know, you've maintained financial health? Sure. So I always, and we actually, we were talking about this yesterday. My rule is I want to know that if everything fell apart tomorrow, if Facebook went away, if all social media was gone, my website crashed, like something happened, the internet's no longer, would I be okay for at least six months without panicking? <laughs> that's, that's how I look at it. Would I be okay? Would I have to not change a thing for at least six months? And I, I picked that six month number because obviously I'm not going to do nothing for six months, but it feels safe to me. And I don't make any decisions that would throw me out of that. So like, I wouldn't buy a bigger house or, or do anything that would throw me out of that unless I felt I had that six month place for me. Exactly. Like you're not going to keep status quo and spend Mm -hmm. and spend and spend for those six months while you're trying to think things through. And and I'm certainly not an expert with things like renting or buying, but you know, I've always, I feel even now after going through housing market and losing so much money, um, and you know, having to get rid of my house, um, that, you know, you make decisions that make sense for your life. Like for me, I would almost rather, if I'm ever going to do a bigger house, I would personally rather rent because to me it's temporary. (laughs) You know, I could change that situation anytime where taking on these crazy mortgages would stress me out. And I think that's a personal choice for everybody, but I feel it's okay to live the lifestyle you deserve and want to, as long as you're not going to create this big stress mess for yourself, um, where you do get depressed and can't. Oh, because we know people who make a lot more than you, uh, Mm -hmm. who are uh, in financial dire straits because they're, they're not planning. They don't have the cushion. They're spending and not saving. So you, you have to, even when you make a lot of money, you have to keep your mind on the money. Yeah. Live below your means. Yes. All right, Natalie, ready for some so money fill in the blanks? Of course. Okay. If I won the lottery tomorrow, $100 million, mm-hmm. I would? 
nothing would change. I would still do what I do. Um, what I would do is I would definitely get heavily more involved in charity stuff for sure. Um, I would, cause there's a couple I've been really looking at. I'd want to do a lot more, but I want to really make an impact with something. Um, and I would definitely hire some more, um, help just to free up time so I can, so I could have more free time. So that, but that, nothing would change. I would still do yeah. what I do. Outsource. I'm all for that. The one thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is mm-hmm. um, comfort. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I comfort. I like. I, I'm not the kind of person to go buy a fifty dollar pair of shoes because then my feet hurt. You know, I, right. I'm going to spend the nice ones and feel good. Or I am going to fly what makes me comfortable. You know, if I'm flying, so I, I'll mm-hmm. spend on comfort because it makes my life happier, less stressful, and easier. Yes. Oh yeah. It does does all of the above. It's Mm -hmm. easier, better, all of the above. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on, guilty pleasure. Oh my gosh. uh, Spa stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You can sucker me into a massage no matter what the cost is. I'm not good at negotiating those. (laughs) So spa stuff, I definitely, I can get lost in spa. There's something about massages and facials and all that that just puts me in a trance and I love it. Oh, do you have to tell me? (laughs) One thing I wish I had known about money growing up is? You can always make more. Yes. And I think we should give this message to women more and more that, you know, Mm -hmm. the world is abundant. You, if you, if you believe in yourself and you work hard, the money is out there to, to fetch. I lost, at one point I was $1.4 million in debt. That was, I was like, how am I $1.4 million in debt? I had nothing. And it, I got it was back. Was it the house? It was, the it was mortgage? the house. It was the stock market crashing. It was what I'd borrowed against the house. It was our divorce. It was everything. It just piled up and it said my credit report said I owed $1.4 million. Oh, and I couldn't goodness. breathe. Oh, okay. Well, breathe, breathe now. Breathe, you can breathe now. <laughs> yeah. Um, when, and you mentioned donating that you'd like to donate when you win the lottery. Where you, where, where do you I, donate now? I do donate now to, to causes that I'm personal with. Um, I have a friend, for instance, I love, I'll, I'll give her a little shout out, um, the One Love Movement, um, because she is really helps homeless kids because she was an orphan who was left um, at two years old. And she's been very passionate about helping homeless kids. So I help her, I like to help her when I can. Um, I, I like to help stories that I'm attached to and personal. I would love to be, take a bigger role on something and really get involved rather than just helping a little bit along the way, which I will always do, but I'd like to get more involved in one big cause. And I'm Natalie Jill. I'm so money because. Um, oh my gosh. Cause I'm real. I think I'm real. I'm authentic. And I think there's a, we miss, um, I, I don't, I, I always say I share everything. I'm an open book. I don't, I'm not trying to be, I, I spent my whole life trying to be somebody trying to pretend I was a fake person. And I think because I'm real and authentic, that's when my success really started to happen. And my real relationships and friendships started to come out. And we're so happy for it. You deserve all of your success, Natalie. Thanks for Thank sharing you. your journey with us and for being so open and honest. We really appreciate it. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. That is a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Natalie Jill, her website is nataliejillfitness.com. She's on Twitter at Natalie Jill Fit. All of this information at somoneypodcast.com is along with the comments and transcript from this episode and all previous episodes. And you can submit your question to me to be answered on the weekends. On Saturdays and Sundays, I ask 
I ask you to ask me a question and I answer it on Ask Farnoosh. Uh, just hop on to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and you can ask away about money, life. You can also send in comments. I like to hear about everything. And as a reminder, if you want to get a free 15-minute one-on-one with me, um, just uh, hop on to iTunes and leave a review for the show. Every Saturday, I select one new reviewer to get a 15-minute money blitz with me. And so if this interests you, I would love it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Hope your day is so money.